Good afternoon and welcome. This is Fissionable Faith. I'm David Messner, and I'm delighted to be hosting today with three of my colleagues. This is a show we, where we examine the uh, life of faith from the faith community perspective and the personal perspective and uh, any, any view we can catch. Let me uh, introduce my three colleagues or maybe even let them introduce themselves. Reverend Billy. Hello, everybody. Billy Hester, parent of four wonderful adult children, two in New York City and two in where I live. And I'm not supposed to tell you where I live. <laughs> I honestly thought you were talking about us. <laughs> I said, where are we going? That's right. Four <laughs> wonderful adult children gather each week. And I meet every Tuesday with three wonderful adult children. <laughs> Father Cheney. I'm, I'm the Rev Deadhead, Michael Cheney, Episcopal priest, college professor, filmmaker, uh, all around eccentric kind of dude. I'm the father of three adolescent boys. Good for you. I'm not and talking about the three of y'all either. <laughs> more ways to describe us as immature individuals. Yes, Rabbi Haas. Robert Haas, Rabbi, stand-up comedian. I am the proud father of two children, two children, a daughter and a son. And my daughter is a gifted artist. And I'm so thrilled that just this week, she told me she decided to go to medical school instead of study arts. And I said, wow, that's incredible. Uh, it's an incredible step for my four-year-old daughter. I will say that. <laughs> That get her to sign something so she doesn't waver from this commitment in the coming years. <laughs> so do we have 11 children? Wow. That's kind of, that's kind of impressive. Very so everything, everything here will live on manifold in the future generation. That's something striking. Well, today I was just at a funeral, though, and a woman there has 26 great-grandchildren. 26. Oh. That's, that's amazing. It's wonderful. Mm. We have in, in my congregation, we have folks who have reached into their hundreds now so i am so struck at how it does magnify if you get three or four generations going at, at once it's pretty extraordinary reassuring mm. well today on physical faith this is the religious artifacts show relics and artifacts is the topic of it we we've each gone around our church and and rested the relics from their cases and have brought them here to to share them with one another this is also known as the the quarterly show and tell show. So we're gonna bring something that we're gonna share with the class that has something to do with our life and ministry. One of our, one of my favorite things, I do this sometimes with church groups, is have people come to sort of disclose something about themselves through an object. And invariably people arrive, you know, we'll do it on a work night and someone will get there and find out they forgot the homework and they'll go and they'll get an ice scraper from their car. And I always talk about like, who's going to be the ice scraper guy? I didn't bring anything. What's in my car? There's nothing but a, a pressure valve and an ice scraper. And they have to give a five minute soliloquy on how the ice scraper changed their lives. I see clearly now. Wow. <laughs> it once was foggy and now this cleared the way. So anyway, I'm sure these gentlemen, nobody was scrambling around their office to gather their artifacts of ministry. Uh, that was not happening when the show was going to be starting on time. So I welcome you. Let me, who would like to go first? I'll show you. I'm going to go first. Yeah. Hosting privilege. And then I'll yeah, get out of the way. Yeah. How is that for an invitation? That's just how ministers yeah. are. Would you like to go first? No, actually, I would. Um, so I don't know if you've seen this. This is a thing I, I sort of love. Like all of ministry is an extra. I can't see. Is, this is a three minute timer. 
hourglass here. And it's my sort of reminder that if you have something meaningful to say, you, you can say it in three minutes. And so I, I use, I started to do this for a small group, that sort of thing, you know, it's like, well, give me three minutes. And 90% of the time, the challenge with a small group is to get people to say something for three minutes. If you ask people questions about some object, they'll be like, I, I got it when I was 17. And they'll just like stop and then say, no. And I, so I, I always have the play that I force people to go three minutes, no matter what, you have three minutes. And that's been uh, a game changer in my ministry because one, you realize how much can be done in three minutes. And two, uh, I have no problem filling three minutes. So I just stop. Now I'm like, well, I've, <laughs> I, I look at the time, I just stop and I'll put it up and I'll tell people what I'm doing and they'll be like, it's done. I'm out. And I sign off. It really has been a game changer. Thinking about relation, my relationship to time is a, is a game changer to me, particularly as I get older. And I'm, I'm now officially into my second decade in ministry, I think. I think this is like the 10th anniversary of my ordination. Some of you have been around a dog's age relative to that. But in my, in my second decade, not clock keeping exactly, but time sense is, is really important to me now. How am I going to spend the time? Yeah. That's me. I'm done. Rabbi? Well, first of all, I don't know that many people who ask others to speak longer. I'm so used to people asking me to speak less. In fact, when I give my sermon, there's a clock right above the congregation that only I can see to make sure I finish my service and my sermon at a specific time. So I'm impressed the way you do it. I thought that was really ingenious to, uh, we as clergy don't always realize that some people have trouble saying something because we can go on and drone forever and ever and ever and ever. Oh, absolutely. The time is a, is a kind of gift to us in a way. It, and for others, sometimes they experience it as a punishment. And I, I guess I mean to flip that relationship. And I'm not saying I force people like it's forced people to dance for three minutes or something. It says, you're three minutes. We're going to sit here anyway. I'm not giving it away to anyone else. And I am really happy to sit in silent prayer. I took <laughs> Perfect. Well, I, thank you for the extra moment because I was going to show a dreidel in the shape of the congregation where I work, but that would have given too much away. Yes. So I'm glad that I, I had that moment to pause. I'm going to show you this. This is a compass, but it points to Jerusalem. Nice. Yeah. So I have a couple of them. They've gotten old through the years. One of them, my son had his uh, way with, so it doesn't work as well, but it's nice to, <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's amazing what doesn't work once my son touches it. He's two and a half. I think everybody didn't really. So, you know, it kind of reminds me that, you know, the Holy Land is a part of us. Uh, some people look at a holy land. Some people look at it as a place to vacation. For Jews, the two largest Jewish populations in the world are in Israel and America. Probably 85 to 90 percent of all Jews live in these two countries. So it reminds me of the biblical times, the times I visited there, the fact that uh, Jewish people have a unique opportunity, which we see in Ukraine right now. Uh, any Jews who are able to get across the border out of Ukraine. Israel was there and just took them right to Israel. 
no questions asked. And obviously they have paperwork and if they want, they can automatically become citizens. So it's, it's a great coup for us to have the country. Wow. How, how, I'm sorry, this is, how does it know to point to Jerusalem? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> not, I don't know how it points north in the first place, the other one. So it's not really a stretch to say, I don't know how it works this way. <laughs> the answer is magic. It's magic. It's magic. It's Jewish magic. It's something something <laughs> APAC does. I, I, we don't know, but they just, they are. I don't know how anything works. How does the telephone work? I can't even understand that. How does a computer work? I don't understand. How does your hair stay so perfect, David? I don't understand. I don't know. I'm not, I, yeah. not as perfect. As, although Michael's is really competing with you. I mean, yeah. I got to admit, Michael's Michael. has got that wave. Yeah. I'm sorry, David. I'm going to put Michael's hair is better. So. It just looks better on TV. <laughs> Oh, uh... okay, Father Cheney. This is a toenail clipping that I recovered from the carpet of the. <laughs> okay, Joe Billy, Balloon. Billy, 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 <laughs> Billy. In Graceland, circa 1987, it is reasonable to believe that it belonged to the king himself. That aside. Hey, I thought you were a deadhead. Is Elvis Presley the deadhead? I thought it was the grateful dead. It would have been more compelling if it was like Pigpen's toenail. <laughs> Which it might be. I would you could just reposition it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was unsettling. I, 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 I'm a bit of, I like little little objects. I like I like fetishes and so forth around the house, but this is one that I that I, I do like. This is a cross. Uh, that I wear frequently. Um, and it's, it's a very heavy cross. It's made of bronze. It's called an Ecclesia cross. It's a unique design by an artist in Northern Massachusetts. And it was designed specifically for a series of ministries to our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness. The idea being if uh, these are distributed to our homeless neighbors and if they wear these around places like boston and new york city they can readily identify one another as being a safe person so it's a um, it's a bit of a code it's still a cross and it says something about jesus being present with the least of these so i like this is kind of special to me i got this when i was in seminary and i was working in a homeless ministry and i i still wear it uh and we also distribute these to people who were in the congregation of one of our homeless ministries here in my hometown or where I've been living. And uh, it's, uh, it's kind of special. It's special because a lot of people ask me about it because of its unusual design and I get to tell them a story. It reminds me of what community can be. It's beautiful. Can you, can you teach me? So, so what, what makes a safe person in that context? What, like, what would you say if you're describing that, that constitutes a safe person? Well, I, I think that when one lives on the streets or without a, a roof, you develop a, a healthy skepticism about the relative safety of others or your safety in the presence of others, rather. Uh, a lot of people I know have you know, been taken advantage of or, or, or beaten and robbed quite frequently. It's, it's hard to trust people that you don't know when you're living outside. 
it can easily be taken advantage of. So when you see this, you know that this other person might have some kind of uh, spiritual foundation and understands what your position is and is someone that you can take a risk with and give into and share with. How's that? that? Is that? No, it's really good. I, I'm just sort of thinking about it. So Beautiful. Would that be if you see anyone wearing a cross? Well, this one in particular. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Know, no, I know. I'm just sort of trying to say, like, how does the signifier beyond the. No, I mean, there's a lot of heavy metal musicians that wear crosses. I mean, I don't know if I trust all of them. Some of them I would. But, you know, not to. That's a terrible example. Biker <laughs> gangs. We're there already getting letters. Like a good know, number right? of congregants against... are actually heavy metal musicians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like not, not, yeah. Look, I saw Ozzy twice. I saw Judas Priest twice. Okay. I, I, I've had my metal years. Me I'm too. Me too. Wow. We can compare notes later. Yeah, I but, met uh, Ozzy during the... You know, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of hypocrisy in faith. And just because someone is wearing a cross doesn't necessarily mean that they're living into the depths of their faith and what their faith is calling them to be and, and how our faith calls us to be more responsive to the needs of others and to the needs of community. Some people simply wear a cross as a fashion statement. Well, some and people some can people wear a cross as a sign of faith, but, you know, not curry particular a partic or, or have a particular flavor of that faith that may or may not be safe to all people. Yeah, especially for, for, for folks, homeless folks. <laughs> which say that there's a real history of maybe even the church not being kind. Sure. I mean, I mean there are you know, plenty of people wearing crosses that pass our homeless neighbors on a daily basis and don't make eye contact and ignore their presence. So yeah, there's that. And that's why I think there's something unique about this design that says, you know what, this goes back to the reason that, that this is here. Mm. I really like it. I will we, release you, but this is a really rich area that deserves its own show. What can you, can you teach us a little something uh, that you've learned through doing homeless ministry all of these years that might help us in our, you know, life ministries, I, not just, not just church ministry, but I mean, just like walking around doing ministry, living ministry. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think ultimately is that everyone is loved. Old, everyone is is loved divinely, even though if we don't feel like it, and even if we think we don't deserve it, we are loved. And every single one of us is worthy of dignity. How, do you, that. how do you convey dignity? And I'm going to leave you alone, I promise, but it's just That's cool. interesting. It's an important piece of your work. How, how do you convey that sense of dignity in the small windows you have to do ministry with folks? Hey, what's your name? Yeah. David? I see you, David. It's very nice to meet you. I hope to see you around, David. Nice. I, I use your name. I look them in the eye. I may, I, you know, I may make sure they feel seen. Yeah. And that's something I think we can all do. And if, you know, you can say, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't have any, you know, I don't carry cash anymore. I'm sorry. I, you know, I can't help you out with your immediate needs, but I see you. Thank you for that. Mm. Nice. Cool. Reverend Billy. Sure. Hey, just a, a little follow-up with that. This reminded me on Good Friday this year, um, we did, uh, our Good Friday service was a little different for us this year. It was a um, all Taze music throughout, mm -hmm. which is very chant-like. Uh, 
and um, prayerful, soulful, a lot of silent praying. And um, we decided to give everyone who attended what's called a holding cross, you know, made out of olive wood. And that just reminded me of your emphasis on that. That meant a lot to people this year. We're holding on to something interesting. Okay. Everybody know who's this is, right? I like the, I just have to observe, observe for one sec. I love the shifts in gear here. <laughs> this, this group, you could be going 70 miles an hour in the holy, and then it's like, wait a sec, how about toenails? And then, like, and then Cheney takes us down and he's got me almost in tears. And then Billy's here. It's like it's vaudeville. It's like, holy moly, guys. Go ahead. This is the church I've always wanted to belong to. There you wow. go. And by the way, I yeah. want to interrupt you, but I just said yeah. looking at the, the Tevye statue, it reminded me, I just saw this show, I think it's on Netflix, about uh, teens who want to start a metal band in the 1980s, and I thought of Michael. So just getting on that subject, so you should probably watch it. I think it's on Netflix, maybe another on HBO Max. What's it called? I don't remember the name, but it's about a teen who's crazy about metal, and all he wants to do is start a metal band. There's a good movie called Electric Jesus about a guy that follows a, he becomes a roadie for a Christian heavy metal band. It's hysterical. And next week, though, I want to see a cross made out of your toenails. That would be really cool. <laughs> That'd be, there'd be a lot of metaphorical things I you can't could use. Go there, Billy. Okay, to Tevya, to Tevya. Anyway, well, Fiddler on the Roof was one of the I'm... first first uh, shows I saw in community theater as a child, and and it made me fall in love with musical theater. And uh, what an incredible musical that is. Went on to um, uh, major in theater, was in a production of, of um, Fiddler in college, played Model the Taylor. And then, uh, then after graduating, I did a professional production of Fiddler and played Model. And uh, it's always been one of my favorite shows. But um, so one of the coolest numbers in that show is... Um, I think it's in the middle of the show or a little in the second act when Tevya and his wife Goldie um, are sitting down there after they've tried to deal with all of the problems of the day and Tevya surprises her by asking her if she indeed loves him you know and they she does all of these verses well I've done I wash your clothes I make you supper all the cool you know but she never will say I love you you know and so it's this incredible tender moment of them having this heart-to-heart -heart, honest conversation with this person and we we all know what that's like with our, our our special people in our lives but do we really tell them how special they are and so i talked about that in a sermon and so sherry and i after the sermon did that song as part of it to kind of to reinforce it and then it was after that being kind of a, a moving experience to think about, well, you know, there's also Sabbath prayer, which is in Fiddler on the Roof. It's a, a beautiful uh, thing that could be used as a prayer. And then the whole issue of tradition and change, you know, that subject matter. So that's how we started doing what we call God on Broadway services every October. Um, it kind of led, started off with Fiddler on the Roof. And, um, and now in October, every Sunday, we use a different musical with, that, that shapes the music. Um, the choir will dress up 
It has the characters, everything from cats to kinky boots to Little Shop of Horrors to Oklahoma, you know. So, but uh, so old Tevya, pretty cool dude. Now, I don't want to give anything away, but I, I will say that I used to uh, serve a church in the same town as Reverend Hester. And each year, God on Broadway would come around and I had congregants who come to me and say, I am so sorry. I have got to go to God on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they would defect on those key Sundays. They were like, it's the Fantastics this week. I cannot be here. I am so sorry. I just love that. <laughs> and, and I well, would you know, it's so, say, damn that Billy Hester. Well, you know, it, what was so cool about it, one is what I liked is for it encourages people to see theology in everyday life and everyday living and think of not just on a Saturday or Sunday in church, but that it's to see theology in life. Uh, then to have a little fun too, that's always helpful. And, uh, but also because it helps us talk about issues, you know, what's, you know, that we did the, the puppet one, what's that called? Um, Oh, Avenue Q. Avenue Q. We did Avenue Q and there's a great song. Everyone's a little bit racist. Well, it's yeah. hard to talk about that. But when you have that song, then you can talk about it, you know. So. Uh, so, yeah, it helps you uh, talk about tough subjects sometimes. Do you do a religious education series around the, the shows? I'm trying to picture <laughs> Avenue Q in church. I can't even work it. I'm a Unitarian. Troubles so well. Well, it, it, it's great because, of course, you can use them for the announcements, too, you know. And, and, oh, isn't that the one that has a great money song where they go ask for money and stuff? And so we had that as our offering where the puppets went out for the offering. <laughs> well, you used uh, you told me you, you had puppets <laughs> as congregants, right? Like, didn't you send a picture? Where, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, was like, at I the don't very beginning of the church. pandemic. He has created mannequins. And he's preaching to them. And I just was like, oh, Billy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. During the, the beginning of the pandemic, we were wondering how many people we could safely sit in the sanctuary. So we had the puppets out there. I've just used ever since. It's how I how I represent a thriving church. I put 100, 150 sort of terracotta warriors in the in the sanctuary and shoot from shoot from the back. And it looks like oh, but I'm kidding. So do you, I'm sorry, do you do we, you know, because we've done uh, whatever theology at the movies kind of thing with, a, yeah. with people, like series of films yeah. and stuff. Have you done that with the like a cycle of the plays? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we do. And and at one time we we did um, we've done a Disney theme too of, of Disney things and movies. But the the God on Broadways are the one that really seems to stick. Yeah. That's wonderful. And well, that gives you an evergreen opportunity to do new shows and to learn. Are, is there a new show coming in this year or are you still in? Phase so, of OK, so the four we were there may be five this year, but I think they're either four or five Sundays. And there were five Sundays in October last year. So we were planning to do them um, last year was going to be the, um, the Lion King. Um, Sunday fell on Halloween last year. We were going to do the Adams Family. Uh, is that, um, and, uh, I can't remember the other three, but we'll probably be doing those either four or five this coming October, if everything with COVID. Fabulous. I'm going to plan, I'm going to plan my vacation now. And I'm sorry, I can't tell anybody where you are. Otherwise right. we would have hundreds of our national 
fans flooding, <laughs> flooding your sanctuary. Okay, Robert, you're you're up next. Well, first of all, I want to see Billy Dutavi one of these days. That would be amazing. Secondly, I can top David because I have congregants coming up to me saying, I'm sorry I can't go to services because I'm in God on Broadway <laughs> performing. It, that's right. I like that. Good idea. I say all three of you. We get all three of you. We do a, a quartet number in God on Broadway. How about that? I would enjoy I would enjoy that'd be that. fun. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I want to be. I want. I, I was thinking Avenue Q. I want to be one of the puppets. I'm, yeah, I like we, that we can do that. One we of those can. filthy puppets <laughs> who says whatever obscene things you meant to say. I'll be one of those puppets. Salty, salty talking puppets. I'm, I, I will. I'll talk. I just sang uh, Neil Diamond's "Coming to America" and Kermit the Frogs, uh, whatever the frog song was. You know. Rainbow Connection for oh, yeah. Passover, and people said you sing so enthusiastically, meaning you know terrible. Oh, you do a good Rainbow Connection, Robert. I, I can I hear terrible you. Terrible voice, but I was in. I was in uh, the only play I've ever been in was Fiddle on the Roof, the Houston production, the JCC, and I was the constable. In case you're wondering, that is the only non-singing part in the entire play. <laughs> They were desperate for guys. All the guys were off doing some sort of theater, so they had no guys, and they were truly desperate, so I got the part. Yeah, hey. I just need oh. to check in real quick. Michael, have you been in a play before? Yeah, I've, uh, I, I have kind of a, a sordid history as an actor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. More disclosure, just <laughs> yes. Wow. If he's not going to explain what he did, I really need to ask him offline. Yeah, some things you learn that as a pastor, like at some point, some people just like sort of leave it there as like, <laughs> like I know I, I got some great reviews. I, uh, you know, I just it's been challenging to do that now as uh, being someone who's bivocational and uh, raising a family. But uh, yeah, the yeah third, I'm, I'm happy to send you my, my reviews at a later date. I would I would I would enjoy that. Yeah. Your, your third vocation. Raising a family is 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 a vocation unto itself. And it keeps uh, going. Yes, it is. I met my wife in a play. We're in a play together. Oh, well, that's yeah, fun. She's a great actress, by the way. She is. Thank Very you. Good. I is see it every day. <laughs> she played a wonderful. I saw her as a wonderful Lucy and Charlie Brown. And that was typecasting. <laughs> if, she, if, she, if she's Lucy, uh, who are you? Oh, I'm. I'm Schroeder, man. You're, you're, you're very Schroeder. I don't know. Sometimes I'm Charlie Brown. I don't know. You know, it's. Yeah, I wouldn't think you're Schroeder. I don't. I don't. I think. I think you're more gregarious. Schroeder, you know, was. Anyway, that's it. We'll we'll think about that. Uh, our listeners, we're not. Peppermint Patty. That's what it. I mean, so obvious. I, I, even, I don't even know why we're debating this. It's so obvious. <laughs> I mean, thanks, Chuck. Charlie that's Brown, good. definitely not. Lucy, no way. But yeah, you're, you're you're sort of a Snoopy character, Robert. I am Snoopy. Oh, yeah, he exactly is. Right. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean that is just like a yeah. clinical evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> There's no humor. There's not, it's just like it's clear you're Snoopy. So they. they yeah. Well, now you that we're on peanuts, what what are you and what are Billy? We've got Snoopy, we've got Peppermint Patty. <laughs> I'm very Linus. I'm very Linus. Yeah, wow. I see myself as, as Linus. I talk to myself as Linus in that voice. Billy, what's what what was what was the one that had all the 
the dirt. <laughs> I was just about to say, look at your office. Look at your office, your pig pen. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say it. The Grateful Dead. I got to have a new name yeah, on my he, square. He went now. on to be in the dead, which was a fabulous <laughs> after, right. after that early career with the clouds. And then he learned to play. Yeah. <laughs> learned the harmonica and keys. And he the just went. Organ, right? Wasn't he playing like a Hammond organ? He was an organ player, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Oh, sort of self-indulgent. So let, let me, I want to do this with more cartoons. The next show, the next show, we're just going to do like, which character are you? And we're gonna, I'm going to bring us like three different cartoons. Story. Like we'll do, okay, we, we can do it right now. Wait, Justice League of America. I know you guys are like superhero geek. Robert, uh, which superhero are you in Justice, the Justice League of America? Before I go there, truly Billy's not Pigpen. He's Woodstock. He is just like <laughs> smart. Oh yeah, he's laid back. He knows what's going on. He can kind of go into kind of running things. But uh, yeah, so as for superhero, from it does have to be Justice League DC. If it's Justice League, I only have the one comic book. So if you say anything else, I'm going to not be familiar with it. I I had a very limited childhood. Only Michael and I would know some of the ones I'm going to mention. So I'll let the other guys go first, unless you get the regular ones out, and then I'll you know throw mine out. Because I'll be somebody like Booster Gold, basically, but you've never heard of Booster Gold. No, we don't know that. So that, that <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to think about it another time. Let's, yeah, do, let's, let's do, do. Wait, we only have time. Who's got one more object they'd like to they'd like to share, and then we'll we'll close it. And by the way, I should have said I I keep forgetting we're on radio in a sense, and so you need to be describing the oh. thing you're holding up. Oh shoot! Yeah. I blew that because we're oh. looking at each other, and then I forget oh, that our international no. audience is mostly audio anyway. Yeah. Okay, Michael, you okay, wait. Yeah. Oh, go with the golem. Do the golem. Yeah, wait, let's let's learn about golem. Well, uh, this was a present from a congregant who went to Prague. This is the Golem of Prague or Golem of Prague, you can pronounce it either way. And it is the precursor to Frankenstein, used as the basis. And it's wow. about a clay figure that is brought to life by putting uh, letters on him. And he's basically created to protect the Jewish community, but he becomes like a member of the Jewish community. And so it's a, there's several versions, but the original is really quite interesting. So if you go to Prague, you can find the place, the synagogue where he was supposed to sleep in, he slept in the attic. And it's kind of a mystical belief as a way, very comic book-ish, in that it is trying to empower those who are powerless, kind of like every superhero who starts out as like a nerdy science kid who's being picked on and then eventually somehow through science or magic becomes super empowered and that's what the golem was it's a it's a a theme of powerless people uh need protection but really they should be getting protection from those around them and not from from some mythical character can you teach the letters on his chest right here these are the letters for emmet which means truth Mm. it's Aleph, Mem, Tav and you can see it there's different versions we don't know exactly what it looked like but what was interesting when I was in Prague I went to like one of the big TV stations and right outside the TV station is an enormous life-size golem right there in front of the TV station so like obviously it's very well known in Prague and it's uh, it's an incredibly strange story uh, but it, it kind of includes mysticism and includes the idea that when you try and mess with magic or try and mess with God's power, 
inevitably something is going to go wrong because it is something that can't be controlled, even when it is mm. maybe created for the right reasons. Wow. But uh, it's a very deep, deep story. And there's a lot of incarnations through the years. Did you ever see the movie from 1920 with the guy who's got like the crazy bowl cut? That's a I'm silent not. era classic. It's really terrific. All right. I'm going to say it's called, what's it called? Dergolem or Dergolem. Wow. That is really cool. That's our take home study for this week. Michael, did you have one What you were holding up something else wild? Another body? Yeah, I, just, I just got a new Porsche. This is a 73 911. Nice. Um, and it goes along with my 356 I've got over here, which is lovely. I, I just have a thing for, for Porsches. I'll never be able to afford one, so I get the matchboxes. Although Jesus drove a Honda, but he didn't talk about it. We, we hear in, in John 12, I do not speak of my own accord. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. That's the, that's the take-home oh, joke for the day. Oh, the internet, man. That's straight from the internet. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, my friends. It's been a delight to be together. Next week, we gather. Next week is Nature Week. Be prepared. Stay tuned. I hope everyone out in um, podcast land will join us next week as we explore the natural world. And uh, you'll have to wait to see what that means. My friends, I'll see you, see you soon. Uh, take good care. Peace, everybody. Thank you all.